This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is AMI Audio Live, bringing community events closer to you. Welcome to an AMI Audio Live presentation of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Championship held here at the Mattamy Athletic Center, formerly known as Maple Leaf Gardens. I am your host, Brock Richardson of the Neutral Zone, and coming up today, we're going to have the opening ceremonies coming up very shortly, and then we're going to have Canada East versus United States. Joining me now is Brett Wills and Cam Jenkins and Jeff Ryman. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Uh, doing great. Good to be back here again at the Mattamy Center and just really enjoyed watching the uh, children uh, skate and uh, learning how to play hockey. It was quite uh, fascinating to watch. Brock, this is the holy grail of hockey. This is former Maple Leaf Gardens. I get chills coming into this building every single time. This time it was no problem. This is, uh, like you say, this is Maple Leaf Gardens. And it's you're right, it just it screams memories the last time the Leafs won the cup was in this building I know Leaf fans don't want to hear that but it has been that long uh what are you guys looking forward to as we get this uh AMI audio live uh broadcast started I'm just looking forward to um last year I learned about the game and how it was played as far as blind hockey so I'm more looking forward to this year uh, being able to enjoy it uh, now that I know the rules and how to play the game and I'm also going to bring in Jeff Ryman, producer of Kelly and Company, also the technician of the Neutral Zone. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, we're looking forward to the event, and uh, it'll be good. What are you looking forward to? Yeah, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to is the uh, Canada versus U.S. rivalry that has really picked up over the past little while here. Uh, as we all know, last year, to sort of leave everybody with a little bit of ex- excitement is that there was the announcement of the Canada versus USA series that went down in October of 2018. So uh, that has been brewing all year. And uh, I, I guess it's, it's kind of sad for us to say as Canadians that <laughs> the, the Canadian side didn't win that series in October. So I think a bunch of the Canadians are looking for redemption, but they've been split in half, Canada East versus and, and Canada West, and they're going to be facing some uh, really good USA hockey uh, players as well. So... Uh, the one thing that I'm really stoked for this whole weekend is just watching that rivalry, not only between Canada and the USA, but Canada East versus Canada West. Yeah, and the one thing that's a little different this year in comparison to last year is we were talking to Matt Morrow uh, recently about the event, and he was saying they are going to select a team for Team Canada, but it's going to be uh, drawn out through different events. So it's not solely going to be this event uh, that's going to uh, carry the weight. They're going to spread it out, um, you know, through different events. Guys, how does that um, change when you're not necessarily relying on one event to make a Canadian team? You know, I think it's important. Uh, I think uh, when you're an athlete trying to make a team and you're a coaching staff trying to develop a team, it gives you an opportunity to see your potential athletes that you want on your team over a longer period of time. So there's no pressure on the athlete himself, and there's no pressure on the coaching or management staff to 
figure out what they want in such a short period of time. Cam? You know, I'm going to have to agree with Brett on uh, what he said on that. Oh, no, we're already agreeing with Brett? Well, you know, it's uh, early in the day. Uh, it uh, might uh, get, um, may not agree with him later on, but no, how can you uh, disagree with what Brett said? Yeah, and like, I mean, the thing is, is we noticed, or at least I noticed last year, when it got to Sunday, you kind of started to see the athletes grip their sticks a little bit, a um, little bit more, and and the pressure really did mount. So I'm looking forward to the whole tournament kind of being a little bit more, uh, you know, relaxed and but also competitive at the same time. And I think that's really important to give yourself uh, the best. Um, chance at uh you know success the other thing i want to make note of is uh when we go to the opening ceremonies uh as far as i have been told wendell clark will be dropping the puck on the opening ceremonies gentlemen when you think of wendell clark what comes to mind well wendell clark was uh when he played for the maple leafs he was the total package he, he could put the puck in the net and he liked to drop the gloves and to be perfectly honest with you that was my favorite part of his game he, uh, he wasn't afraid to shy away from dropping the gloves with uh, with anybody. And back when he played, the, there were some really, really tough guys in the NHL. So uh, I admire him for that. And, uh, you know, uh, for a long time there, he was Mr. Maple Leaf. So. I, don't, I don't think we're going to be seeing any uh, gloves being dropped. Wendell hopefully. Clark, he is the uh, king <laughs> of Maple Leaf uh, Gardens as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we just got to see him a few minutes ago. It was really nice to be able to see him although we didn't really get to chat with him but um you know he's kind of what made maple leaf gardens in the later years of maple leaf gardens and uh, as brad alluded to he was the total package and he was with the toronto maple leafs uh, for a heck of a long time and he got the crowd going with his thunderous hits um his fightings that he did as well uh, you know he's an amazing hockey player all right, on that note, we're going to hand things over to our broadcast duo, Nico Cardarelli and Jim Van Horn, for their early thoughts on the tournament. Gentlemen? Thank you guys very much. We're very excited to be here this morning still as we get set for the opening puck drop game number one between Team Canada East and Team USA. And, of course, as the boys alluded to, we've got the pregame ceremonies as well featuring Wendell Clark. I'm Nico Cardarelli, very pleased to be working with Jim Van Horn here today. Jim, we've got a great first game to get things underway. Yeah, absolutely, Nico. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the uh, Canada East select team play against Team USA. Of course, uh, everybody talks about the rivalry between Canada and the United States, and of course, uh, it exists in blind hockey as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to a very fast-paced, uh, very offensively-minded hockey game this morning here at the Ryerson Centre. I think at that's... the Mattamy Centre, sorry. Yes, I think that's certainly what we can anticipate is some hockey high-flying action, some fast-paced hockey, and certainly some good offensive opportunities as well as we've got some really uh, skilled players on the ice and leading the way for Team Canada East, their captain, Kelly Serbu. Quite a story with Kelly Serbu. I think uh, there, there are some players to, to, to really watch for on this team. Serbu is one. Another interesting player is Joey Cabral, who yeah. is probably one of the best goaltenders in the world at, at uh, in this uh, blind hockey sport. And, of course, the the inspiring story of Wade Shepard. You were telling yeah. me about Wade earlier today, the tragic accident that he had at a logging camp a number of years ago. He was uh, just about killed and managed yeah. to survive and eventually lost his sight only to come back and uh, play blind hockey and, uh, and really is a terrific ambassador for this sport. 
It's going to be a great weekend of hockey action here. I mean, it is a jam-packed weekend. Our biggest national tournament ever. Over 130 participants. We've got players coming from all over the world, including Nathan Tree, who's once again back from England. And that's so exciting to have that international flavor. <laughs> you know, I was looking through the rosters of, the, of these players, and, and they're, as you mentioned, they're, they're, they come from around the world. And, and all age groups. I mean, when you think of everybody that's participating in this tournament, the youngest is three years old. Yeah. The oldest is 80. Um, I mean, I just hope that I'm walking when I'm 80 years old. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, we've got young boys, girls in all five divisions. It's going to be very exciting. For the full tournament schedule, of course, you can check out CanadianBlindHockey.com as we get set for the webcast. And, of course, the opening ceremonies, which are just a few minutes away. You know, Nico, i got to tell you, this is my first time in the Madame Centre since it's been refurbished from mm. the old Maple Leaf Gardens. And it, uh, it still retains a lot of the old flavor that it had with the open roof and yeah. the seating the way it's configured. I, in fact, the first thing I looked for when I came in was uh, to our left in the far corner uh, in, the, in the yellow painted wall. That used to be Harold Ballard's bunker and ah. uh, i can remember coming to games as a kid <laughs> or as a younger man and uh, ballard would be sitting there with uh, king clancy and they'd be chatting it up with all the fans and so th this place really brings brings back a lot of memories for me and one in particular as i watched the zamboni go around the yes. ice I was talking to uh, to some people earlier today. When I was a kid coming to junior hockey games here at the Gardens, there was no such thing as a Zamboni. They had 50-gallon drums that were filled with hot water, and they would configure piping from the, the drums that would run down from the drums to a towel that would be soaked with hot water. And there were two 50-gallon drums, and there were two individuals, two uh, uh, workers here at the Gardens, uh, at the old gardens, who yeah. would pull these 50-gallon drums around the ice, and that's Come how they on. used to flood the ice. Wow, that's amazing. And then when they went to the Zamboni, finally, they actually put one of the uh, uh, one of the old drums on display at one of the entrances to the rink. So that goes back to the 50s and the 60s when I was here. So it's uh, it's really quite this is, to, to me to be here today with you to mm. call this hockey is. Is, is a dream come true. You know, I got to say, I love working with Mike Ross. It, it's a shame he can't be here today. But he'll but be he's, here Sunday. And he will be here Sunday. But he's never dropped that kind of knowledge. So not only am I grateful to be working with you, he's not to as have old those as kind am. of stories is pretty amazing. <laughs> so lucky to have Jim Van Horn here on our broadcast this well, today. And, of course, we've got Normal Wick coming tomorrow as well. AMI, we're so happy to have them on board as a partner once again this year. Well, we're... A few minutes away from the opening ceremonies here. Maybe we should talk about the, the game itself. And, yeah. uh, and, and for, for people who are uneducated when it comes to blind hockey, there are a few things to, uh, to be aware of. Yes. That, uh, the game has been adapted slightly. I mean, it's still fast skating. It's still a lot of movement, a lot of puck control. The puck is different. The, uh, the, the, the rules have been slightly altered to assist the blind hockey players. And uh, maybe you can explain those to us. Absolutely. So we've got a varying degree of visions uh, for the players on the ice. And they're classified as a B1, a B2, or a B3. And to put that in perspective, a B3 is a player with 10% vision or less. A B2 is somebody with 5% vision or less. And a B1 is essentially somebody who has no vision at all. They're basically under 1%. And typically, it's just goaltenders that you have as B1s. But one of the neat things about this tournament, and even in the select series, we've got some B1 skaters. Team USA has two B1 defenders on their roster. There are a few other B1 skaters in the low vision and development division. So that will be really exciting 
to kind of watch those players throughout this weekend. So that speaks to the classification, but there are some other obvious adaptations to the game. The nets that we use are a foot shorter in height than a standard hockey net, and that's to help protect the goaltenders in a lot of ways. Our players have gotten so good. A guy like Jason Yuha can pick the tiniest corner in the net, so you really want to try limit these shots going towards the goaltender's head. It's a heavy puck. It will hurt when it hits you. So we try to protect the goaltenders and make it a little easier for them to track the puck because it's very quiet when it's in the air. Let's, let's talk about the puck. As you mentioned, it's exactly. very heavy, but it's, it's larger than a traditional hockey puck. Exactly. So it's about three to four times larger than a traditional hockey puck. It's made of metal. It's got ball bearings inside of it. So it's quite loud when it's on the ice. When you shake it, you can really hear it. It helps the goaltenders track it. Again, with having no vision at all and wearing the eye shade, they really rely on, on the auditory sense. And you can really hear it. Yes, you can. Even up here from our location, it's quite loud. And it really does help the players uh, play the game. And, and, I, and it's I, a great I, puck that they have. Sir, I guess when yeah. you talk about the size, uh, it would compare to what, a small cantaloupe maybe or a large grapefruit? Yeah, probably a small cantaloupe would, in terms of circumference, would, would be about accurate. Uh, if you ask the goaltenders, they'd probably compare it to a cannonball <laughs> <laughs> because it's I'm essentially sure. <laughs> a metal disc flying at your head. But, uh, yeah, a cantaloupe is a good, per, uh, good comparison. Yes. Now, what about the, uh, the one-pass rule? Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot to mention that. So, to as I alluded to with the varying deg degree of vision out there, we have something called the one-pass rule. And what that does, it essentially forces the attacking team to make one clean pass once they enter the offensive zone. And that, enable, that, that basically restricts the players with better vision just from going up and down the ice with the puck. Because a player, again, like Kelly Serbu, Tim Kane, Jason Yuha, they have enough vision that they can go coast to coast. And we really want to try keep it fair for the goaltenders. Breakaways are so tough for them to track. So the one-pass rule really levels the playing field. And the select teams are playing stop time? Yes, they'll be playing stop time. So that'll be very exciting as well. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be just amazing. I have not covered a blind hockey tournament yet, but uh, this is my first and uh, my initial exposure to it. But uh, watching the kids play uh, earlier today on the ice, they play half the rink, uh, just to see the puck movement and the way they skate. Some of them are, are, are very proficient. And, and even when the games are going on, there are little ones who are just learning uh, the game, and they're out there with their guides and their mentors to learn to, to skate and positioning. It's, it's, it's so courageous for these little ones. And I'm talking preschool kids who are out there learning to skate and in full hockey gear, learning to, uh, to handle the puck and skating around and just going from board to board, from one side of the ring to another. You can see the concentration that they have to have to, uh, to maintain their location and to build their confidence as they, as they move forward. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. This is the second year where we're featuring the children's division. You know, there's the children and youth program that runs weekly in the GTA, and we're building it across the country. And you're right, Jim, the progression, the, the, uh, the learning curve that these kids have gone through and the range of emotions that they've had to experience over the, over the course of this season has really been something special. And, and to have them here this weekend participating in the big national tournament is, is really something 
spectacular. And you know, sure. you, you talk about the national tournament. This tournament has grown exponentially in the last five years since it's, 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 it's started. Yeah, it's the seventh annual tournament here. It's pretty incredible. Uh, this is my sixth tournament. Just the quality of play, the way it's improved over the years has been absolutely remarkable. It's, it's really incredible. The participation numbers, the way they've grown, but also the skill uh, that's grown alongside it. It's unquestionably the best blind hockey tournament in the world. And, you know, when you talk about blind hockey, I, I would think I, I was talking to a Luca DeMontis the other day about the tournament. And uh, and I mentioned, you know, what the, the, the prospects for the future were for this tournament. And uh, he mentioned ultimately they want to spread it uh, internationally. And I thought, you know, this would be a natural sport for the Paralympics. That's the goal. I'm so glad you mentioned that because the goal is to get it to the Paralympics for 2026. And I think the neutral zone guys can expand on that a little bit more. So let's throw it back to Brock and the boys, and maybe they can talk about the goal of getting Canadian blind hockey and the sport of blind hockey into the Paralympics. Thank you, Nico. Guys, we talked about that uh, not too long ago, about getting the sport uh, into the Paralympics. Why do you guys feel it's important to have uh, the, the sport at the Paralympics? I guess I'll go first. I think that uh, we've seen how much this sport has grown over the past couple of years, uh, even just the last uh, couple of years that I've been here. I've been here since the third year that I've been here, and uh, I think that the, the level of play has been tremendous, and I think just growing that onto an international level Expanding outside of North America is really what's holding them back just a little bit. I think once they expand into Europe, I think those Scandinavian countries would really want to get behind this as well because, let's face it, in Europe they love their hockey as well. So I think once they can break through and get over to the European countries, I think they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be well on their way to securing a spot in the Paralympics because I think right now, watching the past couple of years and watching the players come on the ice right now, you can tell there's skill there. These guys are very skilled. They're high-level high, high level athletes. Uh, it's just, I think, a matter of time before it gets into that Paralympics. As you hear in the background, the uh, Canada East and United States have taken the ice uh, for a warm-up. Uh, Brett, would you have liked a net when you played goalie that was a foot shorter so that people didn't pick... <laughs> the top corner on you all the time can i answer that for brett or i i think that i'd actually like a net that was only a foot high because <laughs> I, I was pretty good with the low shots fair enough cam you wanted to comment on brett being uh, picked at the top corner no well you know i think we all get uh, picked on the top corner uh, especially in sledge hockey with the um blocker side it uh, gets uh, picked quite a bit so whether it's brett or myself uh it's but yeah like in sledge hockey who wouldn't want to lower that to be quite honest with you the there's a couple of uh players that i want to highlight first of all uh joey cabal in goal he was absolutely unbelievable last year when we saw him what do you guys expect again this year i think i think that uh joey uh Based on what we saw last year, if he's on top of his game, he's going to be absolutely a brick wall. Totally unstoppable. I'm looking forward to this uh, Team Canada East uh, coming out strong and uh, putting it to the United States. Can I just comment really quickly on Team USA's jerseys? I think they are so sharp. They are Cam, really what do you slick. think? Is it going to be uh, good to see him back this year? Yeah, he's really good at covering the Nats and... 
Um, you know, uh, I think last year he maybe hit a little bit of a challenge doing the upper part of the net, but uh, I think he was basically one of the MVPs as far as the goalies. And uh, Jeff, uh, sorry, what were you alluding to as far as the jerseys go? Yeah, I, I think the Team USA jerseys are super slick. I think they're uh, phenomenal. They look uh, almost like uh, they already belong in the Paralympics. They look really sharp. Very Columbus Blue Jackets-esque. Eh? A little bit, yeah, I yeah. can see that. No. Well, yeah. you know what, though? Even though they might have the good-looking jerseys, they got to put it on the ace and they got to play well, Is uh, you know what I'm saying? So let's see uh, how good they are. They uh, look good, but are they going to play good? We alluded to this earlier, but uh, the rivalry between uh, Canada and U.S., is it bigger this year because Canada lost in October? So do you think there's some, uh, some blood there? I think that uh, be Canada being on home ice definitely uh, it, it's going to give them a little bit of a jolt or an, an extra jolt, I guess. Um, they're uh, I expect them to come out flying and uh, put it to the United States. Uh, they're they're uh, they're up uh, for some blood for sure. So basically, what you're saying is you're guaranteeing a Canada win. Is that what you just said indirectly? Uh, are, are we putting a bet or a... Uh, <laughs> put a, a pickled ch- onion on this. <laughs> put a pickled <laughs> onion or two on it. Oh, by the way, I didn't pick up anything yet for you to eat after you lose bets. But I was at a local store and found some pretty disgusting edible stuff. So, you're warned. You're oh, warned. Uh, I, I'm going to put uh, tea whatever on this game. Canada's going to win. <laughs> Now, as far as when they were uh, down in the States for the Canada-U.S. series, um, I think it's a little bit different this time because now they have a Canada West and a Canada East. And I think when they were down in the States, Canada was uh, one team, were they not? Yes. So I think it's going to be a little bit different. Yes, um, whether it's Canada West or Canada East, when you're playing against the States, everyone's jacked up for it and they want to be able to play well. However, it just doesn't have the same feel for me as far as if it was a complete Team Canada against Team USA. You know what I'm looking forward to is the later game with Canada East versus Canada West because who wants to be dubbed Canada's best team? I mean, uh, let's face it, everybody wants to be the best of their nation. And so uh, I think that'll be a fun matchup to watch as well. And that very well could be the rivalry of the weekend. You think so? It, it appears that we are going to start the opening ceremonies. I'm going to send it down to public address announcer, and we're going to listen in on what goes on. This afternoon's opening game features USA blind hockey in the dark blue jerseys against Canada East. Seven. 
opening ceremony and as we just wait um, for the game to begin I just want to get thoughts how important gentlemen is the first game of a tournament I think the first game first goal it sets the tone it, uh, it, it in my opinion it, it makes or breaks you With the five it's good to put your first uh, foot forward definitely and you want to be able to start the tournament off right because if you lose that first game, then it's a matter of catch-up, and you don't want to do that. Yeah, and I think to get off to a good start is uh, is important. And, um, you know, it, it, it takes away the nerves, and it takes away everything else. We're going to go back down to ice level as the opening ceremony is going to continue. 
We're just awaiting the opening ceremony. To Welcome once again to the 2019 And now I think we're ready to go. So we're going to go back down to ice level and listen in on the continuation of the opening ceremony. This weekend's tournament is presented by EMI Accessible Media Inc. and brought to you by CNIB Foundation. Introducing first, today's future starters. First, from Team USA, Axel Davis from Chicago. Vancouver Eclipse, the Calgary Sea Nice Dogs, 
the Azrad Calgary Youth Line Hockey, the Edmonton Seahawks, the Nova Scotia Sea Kings, Newfoundland Islanders, and Canadian Blind Hockey GTA Youth Program. In the United States, blind hockey teams include the New York Nightshade, Washington Blind Hockey, the Pittsburgh Penguins Blind Hockey, Chicago Blackhawks Blind Hockey, the Hartford Brailers, New York Metro Blind Hockey, St. Louis Blues Blind Hockey, the Colorado Visionaries, Minnesota Wild Blind Hockey, Indiana Blind Hockey, and Seattle Blind Hockey. When Team USA Captain Tim Kane and Captain East Captain Kelly Servo please come to center ice. At this time, we would like to invite Sean Melville from our presenting partner, AMI Accessible Media Inc., and Canadian Blind Hockey President Gary Steves to center ice for the ceremonial puck drop. Joining John and Gary for today's puck drop is a Toronto Maple Leafs legend. Please put your hands together for Wendell Clark. Wendell Clark is one of the most beloved players in Toronto Maple Leafs history. In 793 career NHL regular season games, spanning 15 seasons, Clark recorded 330 goals, 234 assists, 564 points, and 1,690 penalty minutes. <laughs> Wendell Clark represents the Toronto Maple Leafs Hockey Club in the areas of marketing, community relations, and alumni relations. Thank you for coming to support Canadian Blind Hockey. At this time, please welcome from the W. Ross McDonald School from the Blind, Darren Clure to sing the national anthems of both countries. Please rise if you are able to and remove your hats and turn towards the flags at the north end of the building as we play the anthems. Were so gallantly streaming. 
area. We're doing an AMI-audio live presentation of the 2019 Blind Hockey Championship here in Toronto. Just before we get started, as we wait for final preparations, Brett, what do you expect in this first game? Predictions. Well, you know what, Brock? Last year I was here and I thought that maybe it would be a, a nice low-scoring tournament <laughs> and uh, sat here and watched the first game and uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised at how well the hockey was, but uh, if you're going to ask me for a prediction on the score for this first game, it's probably going to be something like 5-4. Yeah, and it's just going to be a, a tightly contested game. It's one of the misnomers of uh, blind hockey is the speed of the game. That is, that is what you see as the thing that everybody goes, well, it must be slow. And let me tell you, it is not. They know exactly what's going on. And I look forward to this first game. Let's send it over to our broadcast team, Nico Cardarelli and Jim Van Horn. Guys, take it away. Enjoy the first game. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Great work by our Neutral Zone crew here from AMI as we get you set for open puck drop in the first game of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament as we've got Team Canada East wearing the yellow jerseys taking on Team USA. I'm Nico Cartarelli, very pleased to be joined alongside Jim Van Horn. Jim, you can really feel the energy here in the building right now. You know, this is like the beginning of any any tournament that you ever experienced before in your life. The uh, the adrenaline is flowing. I got goosebumps waiting for the puck <laughs> drop to get underway, and I'm really looking forward to watching uh, Team Canada East take on the United States. As you mentioned, uh, Team Canada in the uh, solid yellow jerseys with the Canada Hockey, uh, Hockey Canada emblem on their front. The USA uh, looking resplendent in their <laughs> navy blue jerseys with the uh, red piping along the bottom part with the white stars, uh, white lettering numbers to, uh, indicating their numbers, and we are just about set to get underway. Nico? Tim Kane, Kelly Serbu for the opening puck drop. Your starting goaltenders, Joey Cabral for Team Canada East, Doug Goyce for Team USA, and it's Team USA moving the puck up the ice off the opening draw. Francois Beauregard clears it to the line where it's picked up by Daniel Belden. Stripped away from him by Kelly Serbu, the captain for Canada East. He dumps it into the far corner where it's tracked by Mark DeMontis. 
There's the buzzer for the clean pass. Canada now able to generate a shot. DeMontis knocks it down. Cernan in front. What a save as Serbu got stonewalled by the left pad of Goyce. DeMontis tried the wraparound. That sniffed out. And here goes Tim Kane for Team USA. USA moving into the Canada zone. Great save by Goist on the scoring chance by Team Canada to keep it scoreless early in the game. Good pressure from Canada early. They get turned away on that goal mouth chance. And now Serbu works the puck back up the ice. Both teams getting changes here on the fly in the first minute of play. We're going to have an icing call here against Team Canada with 11.04 left to play. Good start for Team Canada. They pressured the United States early with uh, Serbu getting the puck in, and uh, DeMond is setting up that uh, excellent scoring chance, but Goist was uh, full measure for the save that he made. There was a lot of that in Pittsburgh. Canada generating chances out of the corner. DeMontis and Serbu nearly connected for an early goal there, if not for a great save by Goist. Canada East take possession off the defensive zone draw, chip it up the boards, and it's controlled by Simone Richard, whose numerical counterpart, Tony Chesro, strips it away for Team USA, as that's Victoria Vantarini McDermott working along the far boards. Rick Oriold makes the pass near side to Joseph Del Grande. He stops, sets up the return pass to Oriold, can't quite handle it, and then Team USA clear it down the ice off the stick of Mark DeFlorio. Chesro first on it for the American. Centers to the high slot. That shot attempt gets blocked by Rick Oriold as Team USA generating their best chance so far. Del Grande lead pass ahead to Simone Richard. Del Grande cutting to the net. Richard tries to feed it back across but defended perfectly by Del Florio. Back to the point. Good job to hold that along the line as it's now dumped down the ice. It was Gary St. Dennis there for Team Canada. Nice chance for the Team USA and Canada's own, but uh, the defenseman blocked the shot nicely in front of the goaltender. Tim Kane causes a turnover in the neutral zone and takes it up for the Americans. In the far corner, cycling along the hash marks, spins away from DeMontis, centers in front. Good tie up there as Matthew Miller had his stick lifted. I think that was little or young Joe Fernazier making that play there for Canada East. Here goes Kelly Servu. Bringing the puck in, sets it up, but that pass gets picked off by Kane. Nice play by Kane in the center, and he brings the puck back into the Canadian zone. And check that. That was Wyatt Harvey who made the defensive play for Canada East against Kane. Kane centers in front, and again, Harvey ties up the stick of Matthew Miller to take that chance away. Over to the far corner, Francois Beauregard banks it off the boards. And down in front of the Team USA bench, Kevin Brown... One of the two B1 defensemen for Team USA makes a good play there to clear the zone. The other B1 defenseman, Kevin Shanley, now comes on the ice. And we've got a whistle, a stoppage in play, and I think we're going to have our first penalty of the game as Team USA gets whistled for too many skaters. And referees over at the Team USA bench talking it over with the coach. It looks like they did have too many men on the ice. So we'll get our first power play opportunity of this game, and it'll be Canada East getting that opportunity coming here. Tell you what, watching Goist in the U.S. net, this kid, Doug Goist, is huge. Yeah. I mean, he's a giant. That's, that's the one thing that USA has with their goaltenders. Both Goist and Straub are big bodies between the posts. Both men standing over six feet tall, over 200 pounds. Really tough to get a puck past those guys. You're really going to have to be able to pick the corners to beat these guys. Americans seem to be content to uh, 
counter the play of the attacking Canadians. Off the face-off, the Canadians move the puck around. That shot just goes wide of the far post. Joe Fernazier tracks it for Canada East. Getting some power play time here for the youngest player in the select series. Just 15 years old. He makes the pass. It's back to the point where Wayne St. Dennis does well to hold the line. Alec Angus McKechn feeds it into the corner for Simone Richard. He's checked closely by Daniel Belding. And Belding does well to sky that puck down the ice and clear the zone. Canada regrouping in their own zone on the power play. A very versatile group that head coach Paul Cairns has for Team Canada East. Right now he's got four forwards out, out there, but now they'll switch it up on the fly, and Tim Kane will just dump it down with a minute 10 remaining in the Canada power play. Good forechecking pressure here from Matthew Miller. USA doing a good job of killing off this penalty so far. They're being very aggressive in the offensive zone. That was Blake Steinick up there for Team USA digging away for it. Three Canadians tried to get out. The puck trapped underneath a player, and now it's Serbu who comes out of the scrum with it. Kelly Serbu with room to skate, 45 seconds left on the power play. Makes the pass to Del Grande. His shot goes wide to the far post. The net is off its pegs. The referees have yet to spot that. Play continues on as Team USA has a chance to clear the pressure, and Tim Kane dumps it down the ice. 30 seconds left in the penalty. Canada on the power play. Not much happening in the Canadian power play so far, and like you alluded to, I think you can check that up to the good aggressive penalty killing from the Americans. As Team Canada, with 15 seconds left here on the man advantage, move the puck up the left wing. Pass to the near side wing as it gets poked away there from Julien Blais. Into and, the neutral zone. And that'll basically do it for the Canadian power play. The final seconds tick off as Blais brings it back in. Tries to feather it in front. That's blocked. DeMontis below the goal line. Banks it. Oh, oh he scores. No, no goal. It's waved off. No clean pass. So the Canadians celebrate prematurely. The officials wave this off. Immediately, they wasted no time. The Canadians are still celebrating in the corner. DeMontis actually took that shot from behind the red line, and it went in off the pad of Goist, who was just separated from the post, finding its way into the net. But it was waved off, penalty, or the face-off coming outside the blue line. 6.53 remaining in a scoreless first period so far. The goal music continues to play, but it is a 0-0 game right now between Team Canada East and Team USA. Puck will be dropped again. The U.S. players weren't in position. Good pace to the game early on here as Canada with the bulk of the chances, but USA pushing back when they can. As we're back underway, it's Rick Oriold with the puck. 14 Canada E makes the pass to Mark DeMontis. DeMontis under pressure, chips it ahead to Richard, but an offside called against Team Canada East. Faceoffs comes out into the neutral zone. Canada moving from left to right. In the arena, they're at the north, defending the north end of the rink. And the United States obviously defending the south. Kevin Shanley, who's done so much great work in terms of helping to grow blind hockey in the U.S., takes the left defenseman position. DeMontis gets by him. The drop pass intended there for Gary St. Dennis, but it's picked off and cleared up the ice by Steinica. Vantarini skates after it. It's Steinica who gets to it first for the Americans. He's checked closely by Richard. We're going to have a penalty coming here against Team Canada as Simone Richard 
a little too aggressive on that check against the boards. Centering pass right to Vantarini. She takes the shot as Cabral got a piece of it and then the whistle sounds for the penalty. Not sure. It's going to be a roughing call on Richard. He's having a discussion with the referee as he makes his way to the penalty box. Pardon me, it's elbowing. You mentioned uh, uh, the, the players on both of these teams. This is co-ed hockey. They're yes. male, men and women playing together. And we've got that in all five divisions here this weekend from the children's division all the way up to the select series. We've got women and men of all ages, of all backgrounds playing here this weekend. So Team USA get their first power play opportunity of the contest coming up here. As it'll be Chesro on the draw. They scramble for the puck and Serbu does well to clear it up the ice and now a foot race as Serbu gets to it ahead of Tim Kane. Fernazier streaking towards the net. Serbu couldn't feed him a pass. Still has it behind the goal. Nice work by Kelly Serbu to take some time off the clock here. Dish to the far boards where Chesro gets to it first for the Americans. He's got room to skate. He's got Steinica coming up the left wing. Steinica receives the pass. Shot right on. And he scores! A bar down beauty from Blake Steinica. And Team USA take a 1-0 lead on the power play. Steinica taking that perfect pass to the slot area and lifting it over the left shoulder of Cabral to give the United States a 1-0 lead. It was a 3-on-2 break for the Americans. They waited for the right moment and uh, Steinica delivered the deadly blow to give the United States a 1-0 lead over Team Canada. That power play goal coming with uh, just under six minutes to play in this first period. Canada were aggressive on that penalty kill. They didn't get back up the ice and it ended up costing them there. But full credit to the Americans for converting on that opportunity. Blake Steinica scored in Pittsburgh. He gets the opening goal here at the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. And he puts Team USA in front 1-0 over Team Canada East. Team USA building for more. Daniel Belding brings it into the zone just offside. So I'll have a stoppage with 5.43 left in the first. Interesting counter-punching by the United States. I think Canada has held the, the majority of the offensive play early in this first period, but uh, the counter-punching by the United States has given them the opportunities, and uh, on that power play, they took advantage of it. The face-off comes just outside the Team Canada blue line. Simone Richard wins it. Chesro and Kane drawing assists on the goal from Steinica as USA convert on their power play chance. Here goes Rick Oriold for Team Canada East. Good lead pass, we got a two on O here. Richard makes the pass to DeMontis. DeMontis couldn't quite get the shot on goal. Had his as stick lifted just as he was taking the shot. That was Anthony Chesro on the back check to make that defensive play. Team USA try clear the zone and here goes Chesro as he tries to counter for the Americans. Brings it up the right wing. He's got a man heading to the net. That's Dirk Morgan. But he gets tied up by Rick Oriel. Back to the point. Belding controls it for the Americans. His shot gets blocked. Chesro picks it up. That's Vantarini McDermott who makes the pass over to Chesro. Return pass to Victoria. Her shot just goes wide as Morgan tried to redirect it on goal. We're going to have a up. penalty against Dirk Morgan. Tripping's going to be the call. As the whistle goes, and the Canadians with a chance to equalize here with the man advantage. American player number eight 
Uh, Dirk Morgan with the trip behind the Canadian net will get uh, two minutes for tripping. Interesting to see the way the uh, the, the one-pass rule comes into effect uh, during the course of play. Even if a player has a breakaway going in on goal, until he makes that pass, he has to wait for the trailer to come in to make the pass before the shot can be taken. So if you're uh, watching blind hockey for the first time, you understand that uh, it's very difficult for uh, a goal to be scored on a breakaway because you do have to make that one-time pass to make sure that uh, the shot can be taken. So... The penalty against the Americans. Team Canada will get their second power play opportunity here of the period. They weren't able to generate a ton on the first chance. I think we'll see some urgency here from them on this power play as Servu wins it to Julien Blay. He has his stick tied up as Tim Kane backhands that out and down the ice. Nice work defensively as well by Keith Haley there for Team USA. As 15 seconds gone already in the power play, Serbu brings it inside the zone. Makes the pass ahead to Del Grande. Tracks it behind the goal line. Centers in front. They walk away at it. And that just trickles wide of the near post as Wyatt Harvey had the chance for Canada East. Big scramble in front of Goyce, but Canada unable to capitalize as the puck was eventually cleared. But here they come again. Belding unable to clear the zone. That could be costly as Serbu has it for the Canadians. Working along the near side boards, shielding the puck there from the defenders. Tries the wraparound. Goist has it covered perfectly, and they'll whistle it down with the puck frozen in the crease. Good pressure by Team Canada, unable to uh, get that puck in the net to Serbu, trying his best to uh, control the puck and put it into the high slap, but it just uh, does not find the uh, area behind Goist. Face off to the right of Goist in the American zone. Canada on the power play, still with a minute 12 to go in the penalty. Just under four minutes to play in the period. Joe Fernazier takes possession. There's the buzzer for the clean pass. His shot gets blocked by the Americans. Vantarini unable to clear it. Alec Angus McKechn, his shot trickles towards the goal. Goist has the right pad down there to make the stop, and they'll freeze it with 3.39 left in the period. So Canada enjoying the... Uh, territorial edge on this power play but still unable to get that equalizing goal. Richard sets up to take the face off against Chesro. It'll be Fornazier who makes the pass back to the point past Oriold so now Joe has to retrieve it from the neutral zone. Makes the pass ahead to Simone Richard. Richard streaking up the right wing. Passes it back out to the left side. Alec Angus McKechn controls it on the backhand. The Mabu Nova Scotia native with the wraparound chance. A good save. And then a quick whistle brings a stoppage to play. Another fine save by Goist who uh, followed the play behind the net and uh, slid across the goal crease to make the stop to keep it a 1-0 game for Team USA. Well, we're getting some great comments coming in on our live chat thread on our YouTube stream. And I want to address one from Zadim. He says, wait, all the players are blind? Yes, all the players out here this weekend are blind. It's really incredible as Team Canada working here on the power play. They win the puck back to the point. Cleared there by Tim Kane and now just 25 seconds left in the Canada power play. Again, if you're watching on the YouTube page, let us know who you're cheering on, where you're tuning in from, and we'll get to a few viewer shout-outs throughout the weekend. Ten seconds left in the Team Canada power play. It's DeMontis taking the puck up for the Canadians. Tries to break through the right wing defensive hold as he's 
pinned up against the boards. Puck back to the point. The shot gets knocked down off the post. Great chance there as Gary St. Dennis put that one off the outside of the post. St. Dennis in the right spot beside Goyce, but he just couldn't get it over him. Back to even strength. Here's the goal mouth scramble and then a whistle with the collision on the far side. So for player safety, they'll stop the play. Tim Kane having a discussion with the referee. I can understand why Kane is the team captain of Team USA. He is an absolute stalwart out there for the Americans. Uh, he was easily their best player in Pittsburgh. And, you know, one of their top players they're actually missing here this weekend. Luke Miller not here with Team USA this weekend. And it looks like Tim Kane may be receiving a penalty here. He's headed He's to the box. He's having a lengthy yep. discussion. But Team USA have five skaters on the ice right now. And they have indeed been assessed a penalty. So two and a half minutes to go in the period. Canada with uh, their second power play in a row. Trying to equalize this game. USA leading 1-0. Simone Richard on the face-off against Anthony Chesro. Roughing the call against Kane. Joseph Del Grande parked at the edge of the face-off circle on the left wing. Some confusion there about personnel, but it is a Canadian power play as we've got 2.20 remaining here in the opening period. Christine Vantarini clears the puck down the ice. Canada 0 for 2 with the man advantage so far. Rick Oriold, he's got the ability to put the puck in the back of the net. Here he skates it up for Team Canada East. Checked at the line by Chesro, makes the pass to Del Grande, shields it away. As that's Julien Blay with it. He takes a sharp angle Ooh. shot, nearly picking the space between the pad and the post. We've seen Canada try for that tuck home play a few times. Yeah, now. going for the short side. Hasn't worked yet. Blay makes the pass to the far side for Richard. A minute 15 left in the power play. Richard loses his defender, brings the puck into the high slot. Gets around one, takes the Ooh. shot and just missed with that chance. Just put it over the crossbar, going for the top corner. Oriole pinching in from the point. Makes the pass down low. Richard tried to center it to Blay. That gets picked off. Held in by St. Dennis. Del Grande has it in the near corner. Tries to get it away from Chesro. It's Richard now with it for the Canadians. Check that. That was Blay who made the pass to Richard. Richard takes the shot and that goes wide to the far post. That from the high slot just missed on the right side of the net. Steinica fans on the clearing attempt. 30 seconds remaining in the power play under a minute remaining in the period. Richard skating over to the far side. Face off dot. Let's the shot go again off the outside of the goal. Julian Blay with it now. Canada desperate for that tying goal. Unable to get it past Goist. And finally the Americans desperately clear the pressure and get a much needed line change. 30 seconds remaining in the period. Five seconds left in the power play. Kelly Serbu brings it in. Tries to feed it over to Alex Angus McKechn. But that gets broken up beautifully by Daniel Belding. And that does it for the Team Canada power play. As in icing get called there against Team USA. Kane stepping out of the penalty box. Almost got to that loose puck before it crossed the red line. But with 20 seconds to go in the first period. The Americans kill the penalty and retain that one to nothing lead over Team Canada East. So the final few seconds of the period going here. Simone Richard gets put back out for this offensive zone draw. So it'll be Serbu to take the face off. Richard on the right wing and Fornazier on the left. 
Lots of offense out there for Canada. Absolutely, Richard, an absolute buzzsaw on the ice. He had a number of scoring chances in his last shift, but uh, just unable to convert. Canada win the faceoff. Certainly gets it back to Harvey. His shot gets blocked by Haley as he passes it up to Tim Kane. Ten seconds remaining in the period. Maybe time for one more chance as Dirk Morgan heading to the net. Kane passed out as Haley had his stick lifted and Canada just able to clear the zone. The buzzer sounds a very entertaining first period. Sees Team USA take a 1-0 lead into the break. Team Canada with most of the offensive chances and most of the play in the Team USA zone, but some good counter-punching and a power play goal for Team USA, and they retain that 1-0 lead, but uh, a very good first period for Team Canada. Well, for intermission analysis, let's send it back to Brock and the neutral zone boys from AMI. Thank you, Nico. And as we saw, the current score is... Uh, one nothing for the United States with Blake Steinecke scoring yeah. a power play goal. Gentlemen, thoughts on the first period? I think that Canada totally dominated that. Unfortunately, they weren't able to put the puck in the net. They almost did that. Well, they did that one time. Unfortunately, they didn't have a clean pass to be able to for the goal to count. And the uh, pride and joy of uh, San Marcos, California, Blake Steinecke, he got the only goal for the U.S. that period. Yeah, it just, I mean, this game could easily be 4-1 uh, for uh, Canada East. Brett, thoughts? I think if Canada really wants to capitalize on that in the second period, going into the third period there, they need to stay out of the penalty box. That goal that the USA scored was on the power play. And, and, and you, you just re realize watching that uh, it, it's better that they play five on five and they play with a man down. Yeah, I think that uh, with special teams, that might uh, be the outcome of this game is uh, what's going to happen on special teams. I think, I think Team USA has to uh, uh, stay out of the penalty box, like you said, Brett. It's uh, one of those things where it, it's sort of holding them back. They couldn't really gain possession inside uh, Canada's zone. And, uh, and uh, Cam, like you mentioned, it, it seemed to be that Team Canada East was basically all over. They controlled possession. Uh, they got a, a couple of good shots on net, and uh, Doug Boyce is really keeping them in this for Team USA. He's just solid net. Uh, he's looked very solid. He's basically, I think, has been their MVP so far this game. I know it's only been one period, uh, but he's definitely been uh, one of their bright spots because they do have the, the, the lone goal so far in this game, but at the same time, uh, that one goal came on the power play, I believe. and uh, It did, yeah. And I don't think they had too many shots on net, so uh, I'm not going to say it's lucky, but they they did not play overly well, and I think their coach is probably going to say, hey, guys, stay on the penalty box just a little bit. Brett, you had an interesting thought uh, regarding the uh, clean pass in the, in the uh, offensive zone. Can you tell the listeners what you said when you saw a uh, almost breakaway, but they couldn't shoot because of the clean pass? Well, well, well it's really, really funny. You, it, when you, we're watching hockey uh, regularly, you go on in on a breakaway, you can uh, shoot the puck. Th these guys go in on a breakaway with an, and if they haven't passed the puck, they got to pass the puck once. Yeah. And and uh, I, I respect and appreciate it, but it, it, it almost defeats that purpose because that that goaltender he has an opportunity to set up because he knows that there's a guy coming in on the on a left or a right wing, and it gives the defense that split second to get back to to. See they can break up the play. You know what? Last year, I think I would have completely disagreed with you, but I think this year, after watching the style of play and how much better it looks like these players have gotten, 
I really think that you're onto something here, Brett. And it's kind of weird to say because normally I don't agree with you all the time. But maybe they can implement a rule where maybe if it's, if it's a clear breakaway after half, after they hit half or center ice or something, maybe they can go on and take a shot. But I, I also understand the complete opposite side of where, yeah, you need to let the goaltender know that, hey, you know, one pass has been made. They're going to shoot at you. And is that the reason why they want one pass is yes. uh, for the goaltender's exactly. benefit? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that was going to be my, my argument, I guess, is that it's really, even if you said that, if you said, okay, on a, on a clean breakaway, you get to uh, uh, take a shot, but that really limits the goaltender in the sense that he he or she would not know where where the puck is. So yeah, I, but, uh, I, yeah. yeah, and I was just going to say, like, the, the rule that, you know, they could potentially do is, like what I just mentioned, if it's a clean breakaway at center ice, you know, let the refs have the buzzer going, notify the goalie that, hey, somebody's going to come in and shoot on you. Yeah. Or, or, or at least, you know, something similar to that, I think, could be beneficial, because you're right, it, it, it kind of is a shame to see somebody on a breakaway, and then they sort of have to pull up and, and wait, wait for somebody, but at the same time, it also adds a different aspect to this game, and it just adds another challenge. It just adds a different, uh, a different style of play, I guess. And I think when you're at this high level, uh, you shouldn't have to make that pass. You should be able to go on the breakaway and try to be able to score. I understand maybe at some of the other levels, but at this high level, I go with the breakaway and get rid of the one. And pass l- look at look at the score right now, one nothing. I don't think uh, uh, the, the crowd would be. Uh, too upset if there's a couple more goals scored right now. So, but I mean, like I said, Doug Goyce has really been keeping them in this, and he's been playing exceptionally well, considering uh, how much time Canada had on possession in that first period. You know, I wouldn't be too upset if they scored a few more goals too, because I predicted five four, I think. And uh, well, I'm not sure I really want to eat any more pickled onions. So, uh, <laughs> was that a pickled onion that you bet on this game? A pickled onion or whatever Jeff decides to okay. bring into this to the studio next time we're in, I guess. Well, we'll see what Jeff decides to do. On that note, as we wait for the uh, ice to be flooded, we're going to take a break here on this AMI-audio live presentation from the Mattamy Athletic Center, broadcasting the 2019 Canadian Blind Hockey Championship. We'll be right back. our coverage here on AMI-audio of the 2019 Canadian Blind Hockey Championships. Right now, the game we are currently watching is Canada East versus United States. United States with that 1-0 lead. We are now going to go over to Nico Cardarelli for some uh, intermission thoughts with Jim Van Horn. Guys? you so much for all your hard work here today and all weekend long as we're coming to you live during the first intermission of this Canada East Team USA game after the opening period Team USA leading one nothing Jim a pretty good game Canada maybe dominated the majority of the play, but they find themselves down one nothing. Yeah, they, they, I think the counterattack of the USA has been very, very effective, especially on the power play, and their penalty killing has been very, very aggressive as well. They're clearing the zone and really flooding the Canadian zone when, uh, even though they're they're a man down, so it's it's sort of kept Team Canada on its heels, especially during their own power plays, but. Uh, having said that, I think Canada really sort of uh, enjoyed a, a predominant 
uh, ice possession time in the U.S. zone. They just couldn't get it past the goaltender Goist, who is, as I mentioned earlier, an absolute mountain of a man. And uh, you've really got to be able to pick the uh, pick the corners. But I like the urgency with which Canada is playing. They're really trying to take the play to the United States. And if I think if they keep working, they keep plugging. I think they'll eventually get the tying goal and possibly take the lead. Some great analysis there from Jim Van Horn. We're moments away from second period puck drop, so we'll throw it back to Brock, Kim, and Brett, the boys, from the neutral zone at AMI. Thank you, Nico. I'm joined by Cam and Brett and, of course, Jeff. Gentlemen, as we wait for the second period, let's start with the Canadian coach. What are you saying to your team headed out to the second period, Cam? I think you're pretty much saying do what you're doing. Just put the puck in the net. You know, the ice, it's tipped one side. Canadians are in the... American zone basically for the entire period so you just got to keep going as hard as you can make sure you get that first pass and maybe try to get the puck up a little bit rather than along the ice because a lot of the shots that they were getting were along the ice Brett yeah I, I think that Canadian coach is probably telling his uh, guys or that uh, not to get discouraged it's uh, they're down one nothing but uh, it's uh, it's a dogfight. There's uh, no question that they can come back and tie this thing up in the year in the second. Jeff, if you're the Canadian coach, what are you saying? Yeah, I echo basically all of what you guys have just said. I think you just got to stay aggressive because, like we have mentioned uh, numerous times already, is that they've already dominated the puck possession. I'm pretty sure they control the uh, uh, shots on net as well. So they've been doing everything right. They just haven't been able to score. So. I think, you know, you just keep doing what you've been doing because they have been playing well. They just haven't been able to find the back of the net. On the flip side, the uh, United States is uh, leading one nothing. Uh, but as we've alluded, being uh, outplayed, if you are the United States coach, what are you saying, Brett? I, I think they just need to pick up their tempo a little bit. They, uh, they're, uh, they are in this game, obviously be having the lead. But uh, they, they just uh, they need to continue playing with, with puck getting a quite a bit more chances in order to remain in the lead and get this win Kim, uh, they got to get the cycle game going and uh stop it from uh, team canada because uh, team canada is the possession basically of that entire period so they got to get their cycle game going get possession of the puck and uh, start getting some more shots on net yeah I, i've got two things for Team USA. They first got to stay out of the penalty box. They had a couple of penalties that I think were pretty costly, even though it doesn't show on the scoreboard. It was still pretty costly in terms of their possession. Uh, the second thing is just make the simple play. I, I think a couple of times they had the chance of clearing their own zone. They weren't able to do that. And like you mentioned, Cam, they want to get the cycle game going, but before you do that, you've got to get it out of your own zone. So I think they've just got to make the simple play, maybe get it high off the glass or off the boards. Uh, you know, control the neutral zone, no pun intended for us, <laughs> and then get it, into, familiar. <laughs> get it into the offensive zone and try to get something going there. So uh, two things for Team USA going into the second period. I just want to quickly note before we hand it over to our broadcast team, you cannot rely on Doug Goyce the whole game like you have. You have to take some pressure off of him and get some uh, offensive chances. On that note, we're going to go for second period action with Nico Cardarelli and Jim Van Horn. Guys, take it away. Boys, thank you very much. Great work there by Brock, Brett, Cam, and Jeff from the neutral zone. Again, we're so happy to have AMI here as our presenting sponsor. You're tuned in to the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament as we get you set 
for second period puck drop in this opening game between Team Canada East and Team USA as Team USA lead their goaltender Doug Goist back out to his crease. You know, Nico, I find it absolutely amazing. Goaltender uh, Joey Cabral for Team Canada and Doug Goist for the United States both are blind. And it's it's interesting to see Goist just being led from the dressing room onto the ice and being guided to the goal. Yeah. And here's a guy who has been a stalwart for Team USA, as Cabral has been for Team Canada. And they're and they're blind. I mean, it's it, it just it blows me away. These guys are are world class goaltenders in their own rights, and and they're completely blind. And they play such a great brand of hockey at such a high level. Both great guys on the ice, both incredible human beings off the ice. And a special shout out to Toronto Police Services, where Joey Cabral works. We'll have some of Toronto's finest here all weekend long. As we get you set for second period puck drop, Team Canada East and Team USA were underway here in the second period of play. Team USA continues to defend the goal down to our right as Team Canada dumped the puck in the zone. Some line juggling going on for Team Canada East as Coach Paul Cairns now has Kelly Serbu there with Alex Angus McKechn and Joe Fernazier. Alec Angus McKechn, AMAC, dumps the puck back into the near zone but a delayed offside and we'll have the face-off coming outside the USA Blue Line. Teams did not change ends after the first period. They're still, uh, Canada still defending the goal to the left, USA to the right. And with players like Kevin Brown and Kevin Shanley out there, the B1 skaters, it's important that they continue to defend the same end so that they've got the orientation as to the bench doors. It makes it easier for them to track their position. Referee ready to drop the puck. You're holding it up like a tambourine, shaking the uh, ball bearings inside to make sure all the players know exactly where they're supposed to be. Richard has the puck on his stick. He's got Del Grande heading to the net. And Team Del Grande has been chiming in on the live chat thread. We'll get to some shout-outs in a little bit here. As Gary St. Dennis battling for the puck against Dirk Morgan. Anthony Chesro, he dumps it to the far side. Victoria Vantarini-McDermott. She can't quite get it ahead of Rick Oriold, who backhands it out of the zone. Simone Richard just overskates the loose biscuit there. It's Chesro taking it for the Americans up the left wing. Chesro tries to dump that one back. It gets picked off, and here goes Team Canada, led by Simone Richard. He's got Del Grande trailing him. They've got to make a clean pass. Richard tries to feed it back to the point for Oriold, but that's picked off by Chesro. Nice back check by Oriole, nearly picked the pocket of Chesro. Anthony Chesro drops it to Victoria Vantarini McDermott. It's off her stick and now to Simone Richard. Richard brings it in. He's got a man cutting to the net, tries the drop pass. It's tied up by Daniel Belding as the Americans desperately clear it away. Nice play by Belding to block that pass from Richard. As here goes Tim Kane for Team USA. He's got Matthew Miller heading to the net. Kane cycles through the far corner, tries to center it out front. It's off a shin pad and out to center ice, where it's picked up by the speedy Richard. Richard, the only Canadian in the offensive zone, he's got to wait to make a pass. DeMontis heading to the net, banging his stick on the ice, but they couldn't feed the pass through cleanly. Richard was taken out of the play after the puck had left. DeMontis' shot from the blue line gets hit by the pad of Goyce. Had that gone in, it would have been a good goal. Team Canada keep the pressure on as they put into the near corner. Kevin Brown tracks it behind the goal. Great play there by Kevin Brown to make the tape-to-tape pass to Tim Kane. Kane banks it off the glass. Amac picks it up inside his own defensive zone. 
Nine and a half minutes remaining here in the second period of play. Alec Angus McKechn, good lead pass to Kelly Serbu. Serbu has Amac trailing him, makes the pass back to him. Steinica comes in and picks it up for Team USA. He's got Vantarini streaking up the ice. Steinica back checked by a couple of Canadians. And Anthony Cesaro has it now for Team USA. Teams exchanging puck possession as Steinica comes up with it for the Americans, working the left wing. Picked off by Alec Angus McKechn. He's got room to skate. Gets past Kevin Shanley, makes the pass ahead to White Harvey. Oh. He shoots and scores! Oh, what a beauty! Wyatt Harvey ties the game on the one-timer, and the Canadians are on the board. A perfect feed from Alex to Harvey, and he picks the top right corner over the shoulder of Goyce. What a goal. Just a fabulous shot. Perfect. Just picture perfect. No chance for Doug Goist on that one. A perfectly executed one-timer set up by Alec Angus McKechn and finished off by the Peterborough, Ontario native Wyatt Harvey. And we're all squared up at one. And the live chat thread is going nuts right now. We're going to have to get to a few <laughs> shout-outs as I think we've got quite a few Canadian fans cheering on here. Simone Richard makes the drop pass to Julien Blais. His pocket gets picked by Tim Kane. And now Tim Kane has numbers in transition. Kane makes the pass ahead to Vantarini McDermott. Back to Kane. The backhander goes wide of the near post. Gary St. Dennis rims that one around the boards, going the length of the ice. That'll be an icing call against Team Canada. Simone Richard played the first three minutes Team of this period Canada. on his first shift, and he's back on the ice again. Endless energy, boundless energy. He's a pretty incredible player, and he was maybe Canada's most complete player at the International Series down in Pittsburgh. All right, I mentioned the chat thread is going nuts. Let's get to a few shout-outs here very quickly. Chris Orr cheering on Dirk Morgan, his personal stick boy, back in Maine. <laughs> Tiffany cheering on Dylan Bradbury. Dylan's actually playing a little bit later today in the low division series. And, of course, Team Del Grande, we've got... Gail and Ryan chiming in as well, cheering on Joseph and the whole crew here for Canada East. And one last shout-out, Doris Donnelly, the Team USA General Manager. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in and letting us know who you're cheering on and where you're watching from. As Team Canada try clear the zone, nice job by the Americans to hold it in. Tim Kane in the far corner picks up the puck behind the goal. Checking for passing options, stops down low behind the net. Both Canadian defenders holding the side of the goal. Fed out front to Vantarini McDermott, but she couldn't feed the shot on goal. That was a perfect pass from Kane to Vantarini, but she just couldn't convert it. Alec Angus McKechn picks up the loose puck. He's got Joe Fernazier centered in front, and it's in. Are they going to count it? Yes, it's a good goal. And Joe Fernazier gets his first goal in the Select Series. Team Canada East take a 2-1 lead. It looked like the pass went in off Fernazio's skate, but it was obvious to the referee who was right on the spot that he didn't redirect the puck, so it stood as a goal. Canada takes a 2-1 lead. A great bit of effort there between a couple of youngsters. Alec Angus McKechn, who picks up his second point of the afternoon, and Joe Fernazier, who finished off that pass, and Team Canada have forged their way in front. It's 2-1. to one. Smart play by Angus McEachern to hold on to the puck and make sure that uh, Fernazio was in the right position before he threw the pass out in front. 
Face off and Team Canada taking possession here as they now lead this game two to one and they're working for more. Kelly Serbu streaking up the wing. Pass intended for DeMontis. He crashes into the end boards hard and a little bit awkwardly. But Mark is a tough guy and he pops back up there after that knock into the boards. DeMontis um, trying to make his way back into the play. Looked like he may have jammed his head or shoulder into the end boards, but he seems to be okay. He's back into the play. Serbu brings the puck back into the offensive zone. DeMontis with him, takes the shot. That one gets blocked as Keith Haley puts his body on the line to make that block for Team USA. That puck was going for the top right corner, but Haley got his body in front of it, and DeMontis was stymied on that play. Oriold has it poked away from him by Tim Kane as Gary St. Dennis fires it across the line. Vantarini brings it right back in for the Americans. Christine, the scoring machine, Vantarini, tries to make the pass to Blake Steinica. She earned that name right here in Toronto a few years ago when she lit up the tournament in the open division, and she's got the puck for the Americans. Makes the pass to Steinica. Passed over to Tim Kane, his shot off the shin pads of Rick Oriold. And with the net off its pegs, they'll whistle it down for a stoppage. Advantageous position for Oreo to be in. He uh, got his body in front of that shot off his shin pads, and uh, the puck went wide. So not only are we proud of that nickname for Christine. That's a great name. <laughs> about a year or two after we gave her that nickname, her sister showed up with T-shirts saying, I'm with the scoring machine. <laughs> Special place in our hearts for that family, the Vantarini family, and so many other great families across the blind hockey community. Offensive zone draw, won by Team USA. Kane centered it over to Steinica, but it went through his skates and back to the point where Daniel Belding holds the zone. Belding digs off the half wall, his shot off a shin pad and into the far corner. Kane cycling through the high slot, still with the puck on his stick over to the near side, defended by Simone Richard. Kane tries to elude him, backhands that one over top the goal and over to the far side hash marks. Joseph Del Grande tries to settle down the rolling puck, does well to advance it ahead, and then a penalty called there. Tough break against Team Canada. I felt that was inadvertent contact, but body contact, the call against Del Grande. Team USA going to the power play. Del Grande going to the box for two. I don't know what that call was. It might have been interference or, or boarding. They made the uh, motion of body contact. That's what it was. Because technically there yes. is no hitting in blind hockey. Okay. Uh, but really tough there. I mean, really didn't have much room to react. The player right in his space. Tough break for Team Canada. So Team USA going back to the power play. Their lone goal in this game coming on the man advantage. Tim Kane, team captain for Team USA, back on the ice again. Very impressed with his skating ability. He is very, very strong on the ice. He mans the left point here for this Team USA power play, and with the puck being skied down the ice, it'll be Kane first back to get it. Advances it ahead, intended for Steinica, but that gets picked off by Alec Angus McKechn. Kane regains possession, and he skates it into the zone along the right wing. Checked closely by Rick Oriold, who's a really versatile player. He typically plays forward for the Ice Owls, but they've got him on defense here for Canada East, and he did well to clear the zone. Serbu on the forward check here on the penalty kill, makes the pass to Alec Angus McKechn. His shot off a skate into the far corner as Mark DeFlorio gets to it for Team USA. Wyatt Harvey, his shot off the skate of Kevin Brown, and 
Doug Goyce did well to keep his left pad pinned against the post. That puck almost found its way into the net off the U.S. defender Brown, but uh, Goist had his pad in the right position to prevent the shorthanded goal. Team USA on the power play, but a minute 13 to go, and the faceoff in the American zone. Simone Richard on the draw for Team Canada. Dirk Morgan for Team USA. Richard wins it, controlled by Julien Blais. Picked off his stick and cleared down the ice by John Guzik, who's getting nice time here for the Americans. Mark DeMontis controls it for Canada East. 50 seconds remaining in the Team USA power play. DeMontis tried to feed it back to Richard. That's broken up, held in at the line by Blay. Nice job there by Julianne Blay. Richard receives the pass, poked off his stick by Victoria Vantarini McDermott, and then she gets tripped up by Julianne Blay. It'll be a five on three here for the Americans, and they'll have a 32 second five on three power play after Julianne Blay trips up Chris, uh, Victoria Vantarini McDermott. Yeah, another uh, hard check into the boards in the uh, right corner of the Team USA zone. Canada showing some very aggressive penalty kill here, but uh, they've they've suffered the consequences with uh, yet another penalty, so it'll, they'll be two men short for at least 32 seconds. We don't often get five-on-three power play opportunities in blind hockey. They're a bit of a rarity, so this will be an interesting 32 seconds here for Team USA if they can capitalize on this two-man advantage. And the faceoff coming in the Canadian zone to the right of Cabral. I gotta think it's been a bit of a tough game for Cabral. He hasn't had a ton of shots. I'm sure he's hoping to feel the puck a little bit more yeah. here. This could be an opportunity for him to, to really get himself in the game. Off the faceoff, puck goes into the near corner and it's picked up by Kelly Serbu as he does well to clear that down the length of the ice. 20 seconds remaining in the five on three as Anthony Chesro scoops it up for Team USA. Very aggressive PK here from Team Canada as they've got two forwards out there right now. Joe Fernazier skating back hard, does well to tie up Chesro as the puck pinned along the boards. Alec Angus McKechn settles it down, plays that down the length of the ice. And that does it for the first penalty as Joseph Del Grande out of the box and over to the bench. Canada now one man short. Aggressive penalty kill by them to uh, kill off that two-man advantage. But they still have a minute 17 to go in this shorthanded situation. Great work by Kelly Serbu here on the PK. He's a one-man wrecking crew right now. Taking time off the clock. Makes the pass near side for Mark DeMontis as Canada trying to generate some offense shorthanded here. But that's picked off by Anthony Chesro. Chesro lead pass for... Christine Vantarini, that gets stripped off her stick by Rick Orioles. As Chesro tries to get the puck in deep. 45 seconds left on the Team USA power play. Effective penalty kill for Team Canada so far. No chances for Team USA. In fact, if anybody's had the chance, it's been Team Canada. And here could be a chance coming for Team Canada as Richard rips that one off the side of the goal. The pass coming from Joseph Del Grande. That missed by inches. Rick Oriol tracks the puck back to center ice, makes the pass intended for Richard. He's in a foot race with Belding. Belding does well to lift his stick and take away possession for the Americans. 15 seconds left on the Team USA power play. Daniel Belding cutting right to the goal. He had never made a clean pass, so he couldn't generate a shot there. Here comes Richard for Team Canada. Five seconds left 
in the PK for the Canadians. Del Grande centers back to Richard, who goes all the way behind the goal, tries the backhander, and that floats over top the crossbar. Just over top of the net, Richard missing yet another golden opportunity. Puck into the far corner as we're back to even strength hockey here. 2-10 remaining in the second period of play. It's Team Canada East leading 2-1 over Team USA as you're watching the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament presented by AMI and CNIB. Two minutes remaining in the period. Tim Kane cycling through the far corner. Saucer pass through the high slot, but no one able to get it for Team USA. Nice job by Christine Vantarini to hold the line and keep the pressure on here. Penalty coming against John Guzik as he got the stick up high. So Team Canada will have a power play opportunity late here in the second period once the Americans touch it. Minute and a half to go in the second period. The American player called for a high stick. So he'll be heading to the box for two minutes. Or until a goal is scored, obviously. But a very effective penalty kill for Team Canada. Uh, first two men short, and then the uh, 117 with one man short. They uh, they did a very effective job. In fact, they probably had the better scoring chances in the United States. I don't think the absolutely. Americans had a shot on that. I don't think they got a clean shot away there. You're absolutely right. And and a big part of that was the work by Kelly Serbu there, especially during that 32 seconds of five on three. It was Kelly, Joe Fernazier, and Alec Angus McKechn out there to kill off that five on three. John Guzik in the box for the Americans for high sticking for two minutes. Minute 34 left to go in the second period. Face off in the American zone to the left of Goist. And we're getting some great comments on the chat thread. People watching from all over. We'll get to that. But there's a shot from DeMontis that rips wide to the far corner. For Nazir, tracks it. Kane comes up with it and clears it down the ice for the Americans. It'll be Rick Oriold back first for Team Canada East as he'll skate the puck out of the zone. Makes the lead pass ahead to Alec Angus McKechn who's getting a shift on forward here for Team Canada East. Serbu tries the wraparound. There's a shot from Oriold and a good pad save by, Go uh, by Goist. Oriold coming in from the point, taking that perfect pass from Serbu. But uh, Goist was, uh, had that big body to block it. DeMontis uses the glass to try clear it out. Vantarini does well to knock it down. And she'll play it back behind the Canadian goal with 40 seconds remaining in the period and one minute remaining in the power play. Lead pass intended for Fernazier. That's out of his reach, and that'll be an icing call against Team Canada. Just under 30 seconds to go in the second period of play. Canada with two unanswered goals to take the lead from the Americans. Two to one. And a very solid period for Team Canada. I don't think the United States has had a single shot on goal in this period. Face off to the left of uh, Cabral in the Team Canada zone. You know, it was interesting in that first period, Team USA really capitalized on their uh, transition opportunities, but it seems like Canada has really kind of sniffed that out here in this period. Here goes Canada. The clock is yet to start on the scoreboard. So kind of hard to say how much is left here. Now it's going. 25 seconds as Richard picks up the puck. Richard cycling through the high slot. Thinking about the shot. That gets blocked by Tim Kane. And then he backhands that one down the length of the ice. 10 seconds remaining in the period. Maybe time for one last rush for the Canadians. But they'll whistle it down because of the clock malfunction. 
So that does it for the second period of play as the Canadians have forged their way back and they now lead this game 2-1. to one. An excellent period for Team Canada taking advantage of their opportunities and stymieing the, uh, the counter-punching by Team USA to take that 2-1 lead. And uh, they're going to go right into the third period without a break. So for some quick intermission analysis, and they may actually take a break as the teams are yes, now walking are. back to the locker room. So we've got a little bit more time for analysis here. And before we throw it over to the boys, let me get some of the chat comments going on because I noticed one, where is it here? Somebody from North Carolina, here it is. Greetings from Asheville, North Carolina. Crepto, thank you so much for commenting. We've got Mia Del Grande commenting as well, who's wishing she could be here, but is screaming, cheering on Joseph and the rest <laughs> of Team Canada. And let's see, and then we've got Quinn dropping some knowledge in the chat thread as well. Folks, thank you so much for commenting here. Let us know who you're cheering on, where you're watching from, and we'll get to a few more shout-outs throughout the broadcast. But in the meantime, let's send it back over to Brock and the boys from the Neutral Zone on AMI. Thank you, Nico. A uh, period where Canada really uh, turned it on and maybe a uh, nightmarish period for the United States as uh, Canada leads 2-1 uh, to one with uh, goals from uh, Ryan Harvey and Joe Fernazier. Again, we're going to have a uh, flood here. Right now, we're going to take a break here on the AMI-audio live, come back with full analysis of the game. We are currently watching between Canada East and the United States. We'll be back. Welcome back to day one coverage of AMI-audio live Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. The game we are currently in the second intermission is Canada East and United States. Canada East winning 2-1. to one. I'm joined by the gentleman from the neutral zone. Gentlemen, thoughts on the period? I think it was a really good period. Um, you got Harvey as well as uh, Fernazier. They got a couple of points each. Um, I was really impressed with Harvey, to be quite honest with you. I really like his game, especially his two-way game. He's a product out of uh, Peterborough, Ontario. And uh, the Ice Owls, they seem to really develop a lot of people, a lot of good players out of the Ice Owls as well. Yeah, I would agree. Brett? Uh, you know what I noticed, Brock, in that period was I considered that that first period was uh, the feeling out process. That second period, everybody... They, did, they decided to just put their head down and go to work. Yeah, and I think that speaks to uh, any any sport. You know, you have that feeling up period, whether it's the NHL, whether it's any sport at all. You have that feeling up period where you're just kind of feeling the venue, uh, seeing what the other, other uh, team is uh, throwing at you, and then making adjustments as we go. Uh, the one thing that I want to comment on is... Uh, I have a note here, uh, too many penalties. I just think that um, the uh, United States are really uh, getting themselves in the foot when they uh, take penalties like that. It's, it's a dangerous game. 
Well, in Canada as well. Um, that was a five-on-three for the United States, I believe. And Canada was pretty lucky not to get scored on uh, uh, there, to be quite honest with you. You know, Brock, it's really funny. You had too many penalties on both sides. I took down the exact same note. I, I just think that they need to, to just relax a little bit more. They're squeezing their sticks on both sides way too much. And with a 2-1 hockey game, somebody's obviously going to come out, out here on top. But but I have a funny feeling that uh, we're going to have a tie game here at some point in that th- this third period. And the thing is, for me, like when you have so many penalties, as you alluded to, on both sides, you can't really get your five-on-five offense clicking with you. Like Kelly Sturbu for Canada West is just... Uh, making everything happen and it's it's difficult when you just are continually going in the box it's um it can really come back to bite you as i always like to say and i worry about special teams coming back to bite one of these teams but is this going to be a sign that special teams are going to start winning games that's what i said at the beginning of the broadcast or at least within the first period it's going to be special teams that's going to win this game yeah and i mean i think could look at a lot of sports and say you know a special team does end up winning when you have advantages at any level whether it's five on four five on three you need to take advantage of those and it's uh it's i think we're going to see that in the third period it's funny because i mean i thought defense won championships maybe i'm wrong no you're right in uh tim kane from the states i think he's playing a great defensive game right near the end of the period he was able to back check and uh, made a great defensive play to kind of stop a play from happening as well so yeah what do you guys expect in the third period as we're waiting the flood to finish i think more of the same basically um you know i, I kind of disagree with you guys in regards to the first period was a feeling out period because I think Canada has been a non-stop right from the get-go, right from the uh, starting whistle. So I think you're going to see pretty much the same, and hopefully they're going to be able to pop a few more in the back of the net. I am thoroughly impressed with Canada's game. The fact that there's a Team Canada East and a Team Canada West here, and they are they're taking ownership and, and just putting it to the United States. You guys... If I could just jump in here really quickly, I, I think that uh, Joey Cabral, goaltender for uh, Team Canada East, is uh, it, it, he could be that that difference maker because from the standpoint of and I, and I know Brett, you're a goalie, so you might be able to allude to this is that and I know Nico mentioned it earlier in the broadcast is that he hasn't faced as many shots as may like as a goaltender so heading into the third period still somewhat cold is that. That could be a little bit of a problem. It could be. Because when you're cold and when that first shot hits, you got to get a feeling out period or a feeling out process to be able to get that puck to hit you and uh, be able to feel the puck. And with not being able to do that, you're right. There might be a goal, a soft goal that might happen. It it could be a, a situation where it either makes him or breaks him. Oh, totally. And again, that one soft goal that you might allow because you're not quite ready could be, be proven costly so it's uh it could be um a very interesting third period again right now it's uh two to one uh team canada uh final thoughts boys uh if you are coaching staff 
We talked about what they said in the uh, first period. What did they say in the second intermission, Cam? Um, I don't see their message changing, to be quite honest with you. The States, they're in it. Canada's in it. Uh, it just, once again, comes down to possession. you got to be able to get the puck away from Canada and start to get the cycle going and uh, try and get a goal. Yeah, and uh, no pun intended, but uh, neutral zone play is uh, extremely important uh, in this uh, third period because we've seen some uh, defensive breaks where you got to kind of got two-on-ones, and you got to avoid those and uh, be solid uh, defensively as we go. On that note, we're going to send it back to our play-by-play team. Nico, take it away. Thank you very much, guys. My Russian is not great, but I'll address Vic from Russia. His question, when is the break over? Vic, in just a few moments. Thank you so much for chiming in from Russia as we hope to grow a blind hockey program over there in the near future. My name's Nico Cartarelli, joined alongside Jim Van Horn as we get you set for the third period of play here between Team Canada East and Team USA. Canada with a 2-1 lead to start the third period, and they'll have 16 seconds of power play time left here to start the third. Team USA really really wants to get off to a quick start despite the the penalty here. They're down one goal, and uh, there's only 12 minutes to go, so they've got to uh, put it all on the line right here and hope they can get that equalizer. And... uh, Hope they can uh, score the go-ahead goal for the win. But uh, Team Canada has really carried the play in the first two periods. And the puck is dropped, and we're underway here in the third period of play as Team Canada dumped the puck into the Team USA zone. Joe Fernazier skating hard after it. He gets tripped up in the corner. No call there. He's not happy about that, as it was Belding who took the feet out from Fernazier. Fernazier may be a little uh, showboating on that uh, <laughs> on that fall. Throwing his stick and uh, flailing his arms. I tried to sell the call. <laughs> exactly. Give him credit for that. As Tim Kane cycling the puck here for Team USA. His stick gets tied up by Kelly Serbu. As it's cleared out to center ice where Christine Vantarini dumps it back in the Canadian zone. Penalty has expired. Back to five aside as we've played 30 seconds and change here in the op- uh, third period. As the puck back to the line. Christine Vantarini lets a shot go. That didn't find its way through as Alec Angus McKechn blocked that one. And here's a break for Team Canada. Serbu with the pass to Fornazier is shot off the outside of the goal. And then on the back check, Steinica crashing into the net. So we'll have a stoppage with Goist and the net coming off. Doug Goist was knocked into the net. Getting up rather slowly. I hope he's okay. It was quite the collision between Goist and Steinica. And he's up and ready to go, it appears. Dirk Morgan gets set to take the defensive zone draw against Simone Richard. Face off to the left of Goist. As his defenseman, Kevin Brown, gets positioned. I talked to Kevin a bit before the game today and again yesterday when he checked in. And he was talking so much about the communication between the goaltender and how important it is for the B1 defenseman to have that constant communication. As Canada dump it in, it's Belding first on it for Team USA. Daniel Belding has been so great helping to grow the program in Indiana. As Simone Richard receives the pass now from Wyatt Harvey. Richard tries to squeeze his way through the boards, gets the puck in deep, where Kevin Brown gets to it first for Team USA. Brown banks it off the boards. Nice play by Julian Blay to keep it in. 
Clay takes the pass, lifts one towards the goal, and it's over to the far corner where Anthony Chesro smacks it over to Matthew Miller. Miller has it stripped off his stick by Richard. Richard gets past the defender who broke his stick off the side of the post. Richard nearly tucked that one in top corner. I don't know if that goal would have been allowed. The clean pass. After, was, it, it, I, was it a clean pass because he had taken the puck off the American stick? Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't hear the buzzer. It may not have counted as Chesro centers that one in front intended for Keith Haley, but he had his stick tied up. As there's the clean pass buzzer for Team USA. Nine and a half minutes remaining here in the third period of play. Wyatt Harvey wins that foot race, loses his stick in the process. He feels like there should have been a penalty. No call. Play continues on. Harvey heads to the bench. Can't find his stick. Bad line change by Team Canada. Can Team USA make them pay? Haley tries to center it in front. What a back check by Serbu to take Serbu that away. Serbu came out of nowhere to steal that puck and takes the puck in the opposite direction. And now he makes a drop pass to DeMontis who rips one just wide of the post. Great end-to-end action here in the third. Here goes Tim Kane for Team USA. Up the right wing, he's got Haley heading into the hash marks, but again, Serbu on the back check does well to negate that chance. Serbu making his presence felt at both ends of the ice. A complete player, Serbu brings the puck into the near corner, cycles down low behind the goal. DeMontis takes an elbow to the head, no call there as he's rolling around in discomfort. I can't believe they missed that call. He is down and is not getting up. He was tied up in front with, I believe, Daniel Belding, and it was inadvertent contact, but Belding got the elbow up and did make contact with DeMontis. I didn't see the play, but he is certainly getting up slowly. 8.33 remaining here in the third period of play. DeMontis back on his feet, and he'll head over to the bench having a discussion with the referee about that play. No call on the play. Demont is shaking his head as he makes his way to the bench. Can certainly understand his disbelief, especially when we had some inadvertent contact called earlier in this game. You would have thought they would have called that one, but Team USA get away with a physical play in front. Face off in the neutral zone. Puck dropped and a scramble for possession. It's played ahead into the zone by Gary St. Dennis, but just as quickly back across center ice by Kevin Brown. Rick Oriol tries to lift it in. Victoria Vantarini-McDermott gets the puck inside the Canadian zone. Chesro knocks down that clearing attempt. Centered in front oh. for Steinica, and he just missed on the one-timer. Perfect feed to Steinica. The puck just went under his stick, and he didn't get the shot away. Golden opportunity to tie the game up. Team USA just missing. There's the buzzer for the clean pass as Team Canada East moved the puck around in the offensive zone. Great move by Richard. His shot gets blocked by Kevin Brown. Good opportunity for Richard, but Brown, the big defenseman, blocking that shot. Steinica streaking up the ice. Can't quite beat out the icing call, so they'll whistle it down with 7.43 left in the third. You can see Steinica leaving the ice in frustration. That was a perfect setup, and the puck just went under his stick. chance for Team USA to tie the game at two. Canada is still enjoying an edge in play, but uh, the USA counter-punching effectively, still trailing two to one. Let's give a quick shout-out to Teresa watching from Peterborough, Ontario. 
cheering on Wyatt Harvey, who's got one of the two Team Canada goals here in this game. They're trying for more. Serbu with the shot. Oh, what a save. You gotta be kidding me. It looked like that puck was going in under the glove and above the pad of Doug Goyce, but he somehow managed to get his glove on it to keep the puck out. And they're gonna bring the puck, so I think it may have actually gone past the goal line, but no clean pass. So the faceoff comes outside the Team USA blue line. Great chance for Serbu, tough break for Team Canada. Alec Angus McKechn. Still great play by Doug Goyce between the posts. As here goes Tim Kane for Team USA. Kane centers it for Matthew Miller, knocked away from him and into the far corner where Kane tracks it. He gets dumped up, no call there. It's tied up with the referee and both of them are down. <laughs> referee slow to get up, but he's back on his feet as Canada East moved the puck inside the American zone. The referee is uh, favoring his right thigh. Centering pass to the high slot out of the reach of Joseph Del Grande and then cleared down the ice by Tim Kane as the Americans get some changes on the fly. 6.50 remaining in the third period of play. Team Canada East leading Team USA 2-1 as you're tuned into the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. Serbu tries to center that to DeMontis. It gets picked off by Cesaro. Nice play by Oriol to poke it away and keep the zone. Great defensive Ooh. play by Oriol as he keeps the puck in the American zone, rags it behind the net. As great centering pass from Oriol, Goyce just kicks the left pad out to keep it out as it was Richard waiting to receive the pass. Julian Blade tries the wraparound, he fans on that. Richard back to the point. Gary St. Dennis makes the pass ahead to Richard. As in the near corner is Julien Blais coming away with the puck. Centered through the blue ice, but DeMontis couldn't get a stick on it. DeMontis, who collided with Keith Haley a few moments ago, both back on their feet, and it's DeMontis at the far hash marks with the puck. Tries to spin his way around a couple of players off the glass, and it's picked up by Richard. Nice job by Belding. Belding gets his stick in the midsection of Richard, and again, no call. Shocking there as Richard took that one right across the gut. He's still grabbing his midsection. Julian Blay brings the puck back in. Centering for Richard, he tries to tuck it home. Good defensive play by Vantarini to tie up Richard. Blay tries the wraparound, big shoulder save there by Goist as he feels the puck and keeps it out with 5.28. The big man hugging the post, preventing the puck from going over his shoulder into the net. Again, that size really coming into play for, for Doug Goyce, the massive goaltender for Team USA. Faceoff in the American zone to the right of Goist. It'll be Kelly Servu on the draw for Team Canada, Tim Kane for Team USA. As off the draw, they scrum, and it's back to the point where Wyatt Harvey fires one. That one didn't make it to the net, blocked by an American skater. Centering pass, Joe Fernazier tries to settle down the rolling puck. Kane can't get it by Harvey, as Wyatt Harvey does well to hold it, and it just gets across the blue line. Fernazier brings it back into the zone, the pass to Serbu. Serbu lets the shot fly. Oh, that was a rocket that just missed on the blocker side. Kane banks it off the boards, not past Harvey. Wyatt Harvey doing a good job on the right point. But now finally the Americans get it down the ice. Kane finally leaves the ice to the, for the bench to, to get a well-deserved rest. Uh, he's pretty exhausted there. They're pretty much double-shifting him at this point as 
Servu makes the cross-ice pass. Gary St. Dennis has his shot blocked and cleared down the ice by Mark DeFlorio. In front of the Team Canada bench, Rick Oriold gives it away to Victoria Vantarini McDermott, but Oriold gets it right back. Chesro now has it for Team USA. Makes the pass to Vantarini McDermott. Chesro in tight. Oh, he puts that one over top the net. A great chance to equalize, but he couldn't get it on goal. I think Cabral got a piece of that and deflected it over the top. Big save by Cabral as that shot from the point tracks just wide. Chesro generating the best chance of the period here for the Americans just moments ago. Changes on the fly. Canada maybe a little lucky not to get called for too many skaters. Good pass over to Del Grande. He stops on a dime shot right on. Big rebound off the post. Simone Richard tried to pick the corner and he hit the iron. A glorious chance for Richard. He had the wide open corner and he hit the post. 3.35 to go in the third period. End to end action in the final moments of this third. One goal separating the two teams at the moment. Centering pass. Richard can't quite complete the shot as three blue jerseys converge on him to take that chance away and it's cleared out to center ice another glorious chance for Richard that's two in a row but he just couldn't get his tape on the puck as the Americans cleared it Richard makes the pass back to the point intended for Wyatt Harvey picked off by Tim Kane and now Tim Kane has room to skate he's got to make a clean pass Matthew Miller tracking with him there's the pass there's the buzzer so now it's good but just as quickly the Canadians clear the zone as that one off the stick of Francois Beauregard. Beauregard picks it up for Team Canada. Once again, dumps it down the ice. This will be an icing call against Team Canada with 2.46 left here in the third period. Some great chances by Simone Richard failing to capitalize to give Canada that insurance goal. They lead 2-1 to over the Americans, and another third period has been dominated by the Canadians. Timeout called by Team USA. So the coaching staff led by Michael Spack will take a moment here to talk strategy for the Americans with an offensive zone draw coming up and 2.46 left here in the third. A big opportunity coming for Team USA. One golden opportunity for Team USA as uh, Cabral managed to get his stick on the shot and it deflected over top of the net, but uh, that could easily have been the the tying goal and would have made this a very... Uh, exciting tail end of the game, but I mean, we're in for an outstanding finish anyway, but uh. Well, just checking the live chat thread. We've already had a viewer from Russia comment now We've got one from Finland and let's give a shout out to Marcus and Antti the two players from Finland who are helping to grow blind hockey in that nation as Peli puts in a comment saying I'm in Eve's car pot watching, and I love it. That's unbelievable. Thank you so much, Pelly, for letting us know that you're enjoying the action it's, here today. It truly is becoming international sport, this blind hockey. And uh, as we mentioned off the top of the show, the ultimate goal is to get it into the Paralympics. And I think it's just a matter of time. Well, our goal is 2026, and we think we're on track for that. That's the goal. We want to get it into the Paralympics. Face off in the Canadian zone to the left of Cabral as off the draw puck goes behind the goal where it's challenged by Tim Kane Julian Blay wraps it over to Rick Oriold who uses the boards and clears it out to center ice 
Christine Vantorini challenged by Mark DeMontis. DeMontis makes the draw pass to Serbu. Serbu with the backhander. Oh, oh what a stop rebound, and they score! Julien Blay buries it on the rebound. Team Canada East take a 3-1 lead. Great play by Doug Serbu as he gets the initial backhand shot that is stopped by Goyce with his chest, but he left the rebound, and that is when the Canadian player Julian Blay pounced on it and uh, found the open net, and that could be the killer with 225. Canada leads the Americans 3-1 to one in this third period. Man, what a great first save by Goist. Unfortunately for the Americans, nobody there to clear the rebound. And Team Canada East capitalizes. Julian Blay, one of the new additions to the Select Series in Team Canada program, gets the goal there to put him up 3-1. Team USA up against the clock now, trailing by two. Kevin Brown, they fan on the clearing attempt. It's picked up by Simone Richard, centered in front. Alec Angus McKechn just missed on that pass. Just off his stick. Richard knocks the puck down with a glove, does well to take possession for Canada. 2.05 left in the third. Oh, Richard gets pulled over. A huge hit by Kevin Brown. And another big hit as Dirk Morgan throws the elbow in the second one. They will call the penalty on. Richard gets hammered the first time. And now Brown, who really put his shoulder into him the second time, shaking his head and uh, gesturing, saying, I, I, I didn't do anything. It's, it's, it was unintentional. I, I didn't mean to take his head off. <laughs> You know, Dirk is a real tough customer. He's, his, his profession is a lobster fisherman in Maine. So you know he's a tough guy. So he's saying, man, I didn't, come on, that's just hockey right there. His favorite player is Cam Neely, and that was a very Cam Neely-esque play as Team USA now shorthanded. But they're going to try create some offense here shorthanded as Tim Kane brings the puck into the zone. Pass ahead for Anthony Chesro. DeMontis defends him well, but Chesro centers it back out front for Kane. Kane lets the shot fly, and that one just goes wide on the near side. DeMontis banks that one off the boards, down the ice. And it won't have enough for icing, so Vantorini has to track it for Team USA. Fornazier makes the pass to Richard. His shot right on! No goal. No goal. Tough break for Team Canada. I thought that was a good pass. I thought it was too. Yeah, off the uh, from the corner out to in front, but uh, referee waved it off immediately. No goal. It wasn't a one-time pass. So we'll have the face-off coming outside the Team USA blue line with a minute 15 remaining in the period. USA will be shorthanded for the remainder of the game unless Canada scores. It'll be Kelly Serbu to take the face-off against Anthony Chesro, Team USA coaching staff, having a quick word there with the official. They drop the puck. Serbu wins the face-off and brings it into the zone for the Canadians. Drop pass for Julien Blay. There's the buzzer for the good pass. Serbu tries the jam home on the wraparound. Great save by Goist as he had the pad pinned against the post. Serbu arguing with the referee, thinks the puck was over the goal line, but the whistle blew. And the referee saying, no goal. Servu is a criminal defense lawyer, so if anyone's going to <laughs> protest, I think he'd be the right player to do so. And if anybody can argue, it's him as well. <laughs> and of course, a big shout out to Servu Law, one of the tournament sponsors here this year.
A shout out to all our great sponsors, including our presenting sponsors, AMI and CNIB. Thank you for your continued support. Serbu takes the shot. That one goes wide to the far post as we're inside the final minute of play here in the third period. Gary St. Dennis with the puck at center ice. Drops it for Serbu. He goes far side intended for Del Grande. But it'll be Vantarini getting to it first for the Americans. She can't clear the zone initially as Serbu cycling down low. Centers in front. Joseph Del Grande has it picked off his skates. And here goes Anthony Cesaro for Team USA. Lead pass ahead to Tim Kane. 30 seconds left in the period. Tim Kane centers it to the high slot, but nobody there for Team USA, and it's cleared down the ice. Icing call coming against Team Canada with just 18 seconds left to play. Team Canada full value for this 3-1 lead over Team USA. The Americans really counterpunched well in the first period, but uh, Canada seemed to shut them down in the second period with two unanswered goals, and adding that one goal by Blay late in this game has really sort of taken the wind out of the sails of, of the Americans. But uh, uh, full credit to the Americans. I mean, they counterpunched, and they, they've, they've done really well with the limited chances that they've had. Off the face-off, the Americans can't contain possession. Here goes Joe Fernaz here for Team Canada. He's tried the drop pass to Richard. That's broken up. Final few seconds of the third period. Listen to the kids count it down. Team Canada East open up the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament with a 3-1 win over Team USA. Players pouring off the bench to congratulate their goaltender, Joey Cabral, who wasn't tested often, but uh, when he had to stand up, he certainly did, especially early in the third period when he deflected that perfect shot over top of the goal to uh, to keep that one-goal lead. And, of course, uh, uh, Julian Blay comes back with the uh, insurance goal late in the period. Team Canada prevailing over the United States. Uh, a well-earned victory. 3-1 the final. A great first game to open up the action here at the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament. We've got a full day of action coming up. And of course, AMI is going to be on board for all the select series games here this weekend. Our next select series game today goes at 6.30 p.m. Eastern when Team Canada East takes on Team Canada West. Players lining up for the congratulatory handshakes as they do after every single game. Whether it's a tournament or not, they always shake hands after the games. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's almost tradition in hockey. Yes. Hockey players always shake hands. You know, one of the great things about this event is the hockey on the ice is so intense and so highly contested. But at the end of the night, we all end up going across the street. We all have a couple of pops together, and everyone's friends at the end of the night. But on the ice, there's certainly no love lost between the teams. Well, uh, Team Canada East gets a chance to rest because uh, Team Canada West will be in action later on today against the same USA, Team USA. So it'll be interesting how, how, they can, how the Americans can recover and make sure that they're ready for this game tonight. Actually, I think we've got a scheduling change there. I think tonight is going to be Canada East, Canada West. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yes, Can I stand corrected. Uh, team USA will play two games tomorrow, and then they'll play the early game Sunday morning. So the first select series game provided us a ton of action, some great drama, and one heck of a contest. The final score favoring Team Canada East 3-1 to one over Team USA. We've got our first open division game coming up. We're a little bit behind schedule now, but uh, once these players are off the ice, we'll get going with the open division games.
Well, in the meantime, let's send it back to the boys from the neutral zone at AMI. Guys, what are your thoughts on that game we just saw? Thank you, Nico. Great opening game, obviously, with Canada East winning 3-1. to one. Gentlemen, we got about uh, five minutes. What were your thoughts on the uh, on what you saw? I think the uh, Americans, they came out in the third period and they uh, started to play like um, they should have the entire game. Um, the hits that they did, oh boy. I'm telling you, number nine uh, for Canada, Mark DeMontis, uh, he may want to get a new helmet after that hit the, that he took. Let me tell you this about that. And I think uh, Goist out of all the players the goalie for uh the americans he was their mvp the amount of saves uh, spectacular saves that he made in the third period like brett and i have never made saves like that in our entire lives first of all doug goyce is massive what a big boy yeah no, I, I agree secondly what cameron said i don't think cameron's made a good save like that but I'm pretty sure, being about 10 years younger, I have. Oh, so you're saying 10 years ago you could have done this? 10 years ago, for sure. And secondly, or thirdly, sorry, uh, my new favorite player in the entire tournament is Belding. Yes? And, Explain and, why. Well, Belding leveled DeMontes. And DeMontes is a big boy. He's a big, big boy. And he just leveled him. Yeah, and actually, I was really surprised there was no call. Like, that was that was what surprised me. I'm going to bring in Jeff just quickly. Jeff, thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty aggressive game. I think uh, we sort of tee that up, especially whenever you get a Canada versus USA rivalry. There's always going to be that little extra added grit to it, I think. Uh, maybe they were inspired by Wendell Clark dropping the puck, getting that little bit of extra grit <laughs> in there as well. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to start the tournament officially. Uh, I, I hope this continues throughout the rest of the tournament as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how everybody comes back later today. Canada East plays again versus Canada West. Playing two games in just a couple of hours can be pretty taxing on your body, as we all know. We played, and I'm sure we played in tournaments like this, where you're playing constantly. Sometimes you play two, three times in a, in a, in a day. So uh, it, it'll be fun to watch to see how Canada East comes out in replies with this victory. But obviously we alluded to earlier in the show as well that... If it's a tournament, you really, really, really want to get that first win. So congratulations to Canada East, but as well to Team USA. So uh, it was a pretty close game, and I thought that both teams did a, did a great job, and it's going to be fun to watch throughout the rest of the weekend. We are going to uh, get to see uh, last year's MVP, uh, Jason Yuha, in the next game, uh, which will be very interesting to watch. What I'm looking forward to is how exactly is Canada East going to come out? Are they going to come out flying because they've already seen the ice, they've already felt it, or are they going to come out tired? Boys, quick thoughts. What do you think? You know, it, it could go either way. Uh, I mean, they've got a game under their belt and, uh, that that could really work in their favor, but it, it, this the last game, like we were saying, very, very physical. So I, I anticipate that they'll, they'll come out and they'll, they'll still be flying, but... Uh, like I said in the first game, it, it, it'll be a first period feeling out process and uh, we'll see who uh, scores the first goal. Usually the first goal wins. If I'm on Canada East, I'm going home, back to my hotel room, carving up and taking a nice nap and uh, waking up in just a little bit. And hopefully uh, you're good to go for the next game. And maybe DeMontis isn't going to be going to sleep with the way he got rocked. I, you know, who knows what's uh, going on with his noggin, so...
And that will do it for our first uh, broadcast of the 2019 Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament and AMI Audio Live presentation. We will rejoin you at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Canada East versus Canada West. Have a great afternoon, and we look forward to seeing you later on tonight. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.